think I know that it, it looks a little funny on screen when you see a camera and, and it's only one person standing. When we get a studio one day, I can be here by myself. But since you're here, amen. Come on a little closer to the middle. We praise the Lord tonight for the ministry and music. Let's thank the Lord for our, our musicians tonight and just leading us. It's a blessing, y'all. I've, I passed the churches where they ain't had no music. Y'all better thank the Lord. I had to be the choir, the praise team leader, the deacon, and everything else. Y'all, you better be glad you're at Glenville. Amen, somebody. Praise the Lord. Yes, sir. I had to preach my sermon. I had to sing my meditation, preach the sermon, and sing the appeal. Come on in here, somebody. But we are blessed and highly favored. Amen. We also want to thank the Lord tonight for Elder Carl Poole leading us. And he did it very, he did it in the Yuletide season. Everything was very uh, Christmassy tonight. I like that. The brother recognizes what season it is. And he looks good. We thank God for uh, Elder Poole being with us here tonight and, and you as well. The Lord put on my heart tonight. Now, we're going to just take a brief minute to look at the Word of God. Uh, crazy thing is, is uh, I left my Bible. Amen. <laughs> That's all right. Put the scriptures on the screen for me. And I got a phone right here that I can get the Bible. It's all right. Just, I just want the media team to be ready and willing uh, to put those scriptures on the screen. Uh, but first, would you put on that 365 uh, uh, on the screen? I need to clarify something tonight. Not, not one of you, but more than one has come to me and said, Pastor, um, are we supposed to give $365? And I'm trying to figure out, at what point did I say that? What I said was, is I'm giving. Come on in here, somebody. <laughs> but, it, but, it gives, but it's a good question because it gives me an opportunity to explain to you again what we are doing, Okay. As, let me tell you the inspiration behind this. In the United States of America, the average Christian con contributes to a house of worship or to a church $848 a year. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time. The average Christian gives to the church or to the Lord an average, the average Christian on average if we were to take all of us and what we give to the Lord in a year, it would be around $848. Did you hear what I just said? Are we clear on that? So in one year, most Christians give to the church $848. In the month of December, are y'all with me? The average American, including Christians, spend $717 on Christmas. All right, we, let's go back again. All right, let's try that one more time because clarity is necessary. Amen. The average Christian spends $848 at their particular church in a year. 12 months, you get $848 from the average American to a church in a year. Amen. Y'all following the mathematics? In the month of December, the average American spends $717 on Christmas. All right. And that's in one month. I recall about two years ago, y'all remember we had the boiler that went out in our church. And I didn't even have to beg. I said, saints, we need to raise this money so we can have some heat. That's an easy appeal right there. And we raised $20,000 
in one Sabbath. This church typically collects $23,000 in offering a month. We raised $20,000 so that we could be warm in one Sabbath. We typically bring in $23,000 in a month. We raised in one Sabbath $20,000 for a boiler. We typically raise $23,000 in a month. In one Sabbath, we raise $20,000 for uh, some heat. Now, crazy thing is, is the Bible says where your treasure is, that's where your heart is, right? If you want people to ignore you, start talking about money. <laughs> you want people to get sleepy in church, start yawning, got to go to the bathroom, <laughs> talk about money. You can talk about sin. You can talk about, I mean, you, I mean, when it comes to money and that's because in the capitalistic consumeristic society in which we live in the United States of America, let's just face it. We are wasteful. We're in debt and we're not in debt for the kingdom. We spend, 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 spend and indulge our every desire to the extent of many of us will go crazy if our cell phone shuts off. Those are rich people problems. Those are rich people problems where most people in our world do not have the luxuries we have. So the, the thought was, and the Lord said this to me very clearly. He said, you raised $20,000 so you could be warm. He said it took you 40 days to raise $30,000 for families in this community. He said, I'm not pleased with that. I mean, help, talk, talk back to me. You, know, you, you see how I'm thinking? Do you see the logic? It's just an easy comparison there. And it seems that the things that move us, let's be honest, are generally things that pertain to us. And so during the Christmas season, the Lord gave me a brand new idea. He said, why don't, why don't we celebrate Christmas for me? Since it's supposed to be about me. And he, you said it. Christmas has really become sort of a, it's commercialized. Of course, it is. me and my wife have been talking about this thing. Like, you know, we don't want our kids to be like, you know, getting spoiled one day a year. It's just, again, I want my kids to grow up to be like Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And I just think that some of our thought process. So the thought, the thinking is, is we gave because it benefited us. But notice what the scripture says. And I know you may not be able to see it. Deuteronomy 16, 7 says, each of you must bring a gift or an offering in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. Let's, let's work with that for a second, okay? In other words, we are supposed to give... Come on, y'all. Look at your boy. <laughs> We're supposed to give based on in proportion to the way that the Lord has blessed us. Y'all are blessed. Amen. Now, what I told you the other day was, is that this offering is not tithe that we are lifting on December 22nd. It is not offering. This is just a thank offering that we give to God that we are saying in this Christmas season, I'm not going to forget what you've done for me all year long. I am not going to break my bank. I'm not going to run up my credit card. I'm not going to take out a loan to buy a bunch of gifts and stuff in a 30-day period of time where I'm supposed to be celebrating 
what Christmas is all about and not bring unto the Lord a gift in proportion to the way that the Lord has blessed me. Does everybody follow what we're saying? In other words, we're doing something crazy. At the time of year when people spend the most money on each other, we're saying we think that we ought to, Sister Brown, bring something to the Lord in addition to our tithe and offering that simply says thank you. If you study the sanctuary carefully, you will discover that there were a, a, com, a, com, a combined seven offerings. All right, listen to me. I'm, just, just feel your boy for a second. Just so you'll know that we ain't killing you. There were seven offerings that the people of God gave in an annual year, not including their tithe and offering. Your girl Ellen White says that they gave no less than one-third of their income to the cause of Christ. And I'm quoting now. And she says, many would think that this would be a contributor to their poverty, but she says it was actually the very reason why they were so prosperous. And that's why I told you the other day, I've never met anybody, I've never met anybody that gave so much to God that it made them broke. I just I haven't seen that. People that were so generous to the things of God. And the Bible says, Do, don't, don't give grudgingly, don't give out of necessity. Can I break that down real quick? To give out of necessity means that I only give when there's a need. Please hear me today. Please hear what I'm saying. Please. I, I don't want anybody to feel guilty. I just want you to understand what we're, what we're saying and what we're doing. To give out of necessity means I got to see something. Tell me something, Pastor. Some kids need shoes. I give out of necessity. Nothing wrong with that. But that's how most of us give. We got to see something before we give it. Our giving should be motivated based on the way that the Lord has blessed us. So that <laughs> I'm always giving under the mindset that God has been good to me. I don't have to have somebody constantly say, let's raise an offering. Let's do this. Let's say thank you to God. My mindset is he's been good to me. I'm always looking for ways to give back to him because I realize that everything I have has come from God anyway. Right? Well, case in point. I ain't going to tell you all my business, but the minute I made the decision I was going to give an offering to the Lord in addition to my tithe and offering, man, all kind of financial chaos has broken loose in my family. So I want you to know that the person that's standing here saying this is not somebody who's rolling in dough. Don't get it twisted for a minute and think just because just we got letters behind our name, we got money in our pocket. Both, both of us, well, I, I'll leave that alone. Understand, your boy is being tested right now. Your boy has got bills to pay and debt and stuff. And it's interesting that all this stuff would happen right about now when I have decided that I want to bring an offering to the Lord just to say thank you for how he has blessed me for 360 some odd days this year I, I don't know I mean the Lord has been good to me this year it should mean nothing for me to look in what really belongs to him and take out something and say thank you I go shopping and it, I, I don't think twice about if I see a pair of shoes as to whether I'm gonna get them or not if I got the money but I've noticed in my own personal life when it comes to the things of God and there's an, 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 uh, there's an appeal made, I, I think twice. Don't you, you see what I'm saying? Like if I can go shopping and then I have shopper's guilt when I'm done. 
You know what I'm talking about? You, you go and you spend all this stuff on yourself, and then when it's over, you're like, man, I shouldn't have spent that. Isn't it interesting that when you were doing all that in the first place, you never thought for one split second, yo, maybe I should. Uh, there was no hesitation. You just did it. Isn't it strange, though, that when it comes to the things of God and somebody says, let's raise something for Jesus. Let's, let's give to the cause of Christ. There's always hesitation. All right, let's one more time. When it comes to me, Richard, there's no hesitation. I will get whatever I want when I want it, period. That's what we do. And even if I don't have the money, I'll make a way to get what I want. When it comes to the things of God, Lord said, Myron, you, you, your stuff is jacked up. You hesitate to give. You, count the, you start counting your pennies when you want to give to me. But when, it's, when, it's, when you want to, come on now. Man, I can't get nobody to talk back to me. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you in this thing, okay? I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, let me, let, me help you, let me help you understand something here. Some, some of you are saying, I've been giving the faithful tithe and offering all year long, Pastor. Uh, you know, I'm doing my part. Okay, fine. Look, understand here. This offering is not mandatory. It's voluntary. This is, from a, this is for folk who've been waiting for an opportunity to say thank you to God in a different way. Yeah, I know you can say it with your mouth. That's fine. That's up to you. But this is for folk who need a move from God and have learned the principle of sowing and reaping. This may not be for everybody. Some of you need to learn the principle of sowing and reaping. And that is, the Bible says, whatever I sow, that shall I also reap. I'm always looking for God to put into me. But I'm, very, I'm, I'm, I'm always counting my pennies when it comes time for me to put some. Come on, y'all. Come on. Come on. So, so understand this. The amount means nothing. The only reason why we said we wanted to raise at least $20,000 is because to me, it just sounds a little insulting that we would raise $20,000 for heat. But when we say, get to, I want to be clear on this. We want to lift an offering in proportion to the blessing of the Lord. Follow what I'm saying? Why are we, why are we lifting this offering? I'm going to tell you right now, as your pastor, I have no motivation for where this money is going. This is not fundraising. This is faith raising. In other words, fundraising says we need a new building. Boom. We need this. Boom. We need a sound system. Boom. We give to that. We're giving to a need. We're not giving to God. Do you understand what I'm saying here? In other words, when they would bring a sacrifice in biblical days, they would bring it to God. They didn't care what the priest did with it after that. When they brought a sacrifice, they weren't looking to see where the priest took the sacrifice, how he was spending it, how he cut it, how he burnt. Y'all, please listen to what I'm saying. Because some of us have a mindset that says that I'm, it's my money. And I'm going to give it where I want to. And if they're not using the money the way I think they should use it, then I'm not going to give it the way I want it. And somebody told me, Pastor, he said, you're doing this offering all wrong. I said, what are you talking about? He says, you got to at least tell the folk where the money is going. I said, no, I don't. I don't know where it's going. But first of all, do you remember the widow with the two mites? Does anybody remember? Can I, let me, please understand this. Because I've noticed there's a lot of confusion on this offering thing. Understand what I'm saying here. This widow, in biblical days, if you were a widow, that means you had no future. 
The only way women had a life in those days, if they had a husband who would take care of them. If she was a widow, more than likely she was homeless. The Bible says all she had left was two pennies. The Bible says Jesus saw all these rich people coming in and putting an offering in, right? And he didn't even notice them. The only person, he didn't, God doesn't notice amounts. God notices people's hearts. She came with two pennies. Any two penny saints in here? She came with two pennies, right? And some of you are saying, I don't have any money. There's not an American that lives that does not have a dime to their name. You go dig in your couch and find you a quarter and put it in this envelope and bring it to the Lord. But to say you have nothing, sell one of those TVs you have. Oh, y'all not hearing me any. It's crazy. Let me just say this real quick. I have been in a lot of homes as a pastor. A lot of homes. Some big homes. Some wealthy homes. Some middle class homes. <coughs> some in the projects. Let me tell you the consistency I've seen with all of them, Linda. They all got flat screen TVs. They all got some kind of electronic appliance. Look, there's very few poor people in this country that ain't they don't got no cable. <laughs> don't say you can't afford to give to God if you got cable. I'm going to tell you right now. Let me, hurt, let me help you. It is a sin to say you have no money and you have a luxury called cable. If you have cable and you're about to make a cable bill in December, you should at least match your cable bill with the offering you're going to give to God. That says something about our walk. I'm going to make sure I can see Scandal or Grey's Anatomy or whatever other programs. House. I'm going to make sure that that TV is on. I'm going to make sure my internet bill is working. But they're making an offering for Christmas. I don't know about that. Where's the money going? That don't sound right. It, for those of us who are saying, I don't have a dime, I got one for you. But the scripture says, I, sh I will not come before the Lord with a sacrifice that has cost me nothing. Understand what I'm saying here. It's not, a, it's not an offering acceptable to God if it didn't cost you anything. In other words, we don't give what we can afford because if you could afford it, it ain't a sacrifice. Every gift we give should be a sacrifice to the Lord because God blesses faith. He does not bless sight. Oh, come on. Oh, yes. Here's what I want. And, and, and understand where I'm coming from here. Sister Dixon, and you understand this. You've been on finance committee. From a pastor's perspective, this church, this city, I believe is under a spiritual I think that God has cursed his people according to what Malachi 3 has said. Malachi 3 says, if we rob him in tithes and offerings, he says, you are cursed with a curse. This city is cursed with unemployment. This city is cursed with economic, what's the word I'm looking for? 
uh, inequality, whatever you want to call it. it we're in an economic crisis. And it's, and, but let me tell you this. When Egypt was being stormed with plagues, Goshen, where God's people were, lacked nothing. Watch what I'm saying. Just because you are in Cleveland does not mean you should be in lack. If you are a believer, you can be, a des- be in a desert and have a river flowing through the desert. Because you are a believer, you are never in lack. You are always in overflow. In other words, I'm not running around here saying, I'm in Cleveland, that's why I'm broke. I'm broke. If we broke, it's because we're not trusting God. Amen, somebody. It has nothing to do with where we are. Even if I don't have a job and I'm collecting unemployment, I'm not broke because the word of God says he supplies all my need according to his riches and glory. Broke is not about my bank account. Broke is about my mindset. For, for the past seven years, this church has had a ceiling over its head in proportion to how they have given to the cause of Christ. And I'm just, this is a prophetic word right here. The Lord told me, I am not pleased with my people. He says, my people will spare no expense on their personal lives and their needs and even a boiler so they can remain warm. He said, but they will not, they will not take the same mindset to the things that concern me. He says, I cannot bless my people if they have not learned to be generous with me and selfish with them and, and selfless with themselves. My wife and I have learned this principle firsthand. I, I, have I got anybody in here who understands, who has realized that it's never been your job that has cared for you. It's never been your check that has paid your bills. It, I mean, come on, y'all. And that's not... What about the blood in your veins and the air that is flowing through your nostrils and the fact that you should have died and the fact that God's angels that you cannot see has protected you from dangers, that you've been healed from sicknesses, that the Lord has preserved your any blessed people in here today to sit here and say that we are not blessed. God says when, when you're blessed people, they look for a reason to worship me with the stuff that I've given them. As a matter of fact, they realize that what they have has never belonged to them. It's just on loan. Blessed people are not selfish. They don't put caps on what they do. I'm going to tell you right now, case in point, my grandmother, she was on a fixed income. (laughs) You know, we throw that out there all the time. I'm on a fixed income, okay? My grandmother was on a fixed income, but with that fixed income, she trusted God and her tithes and her offerings, and she put other kids through school. I don't know how she did it as an LPN. I don't know how she, I don't know how she did it. I, I know one thing. You remember, remember the story about Elijah and the woman of Zarephath? The Bible says that they had just a little bit of meal and a little bit of oil, and it never increased and it never decreased. But God always, come on somebody in here. God always kept it right where it was. We serve a providing God. And the last people on the planet should be people in Cleveland, Ohio, in the United States of America. You should be unemployed. You should have no job. You should have nothing like some of these people. But God has kept you. And this you could be living in the middle of Sudan with nothing. Roaming the streets at night. Marauders chasing you for your life. You are in the wealthiest country in the world. You're educated. Your children are blessed. You got a house to live in. In the middle of winter, you ought to be glad. You give unto the Lord an offering that is in reflection to the proportion of his blessing. That's what we're saying. 
Now, I said I'm giving $365 because that's what I'm doing. You don't got to do what I do. You shouldn't do what I do. And some of you can do more than I can do. Some of you do less. Please hear me. This has nothing to do with the amount. This is saying, and I had somebody walk into my office a few minutes ago. I'll leave her nameless. She came into my office, and she took out her checkbook. I didn't say anything to her. We didn't have a conversation. And she just began to talk about how good the Lord has been to her. And she said, "He not only will he get my praise, but he'll get my wallet too. I love God. And this sister, if you talk to her on the set, she will tell you how blessed she's been. Her shoes have not worn out. The Lord has blessed her even though her husband has passed. He's provided all her needs. Understand what I'm saying. And in this church, the people that give the most are the people with the least amount of money. Because it don't got nothing to do with your income. It has everything to do with who your God is. There is no reason in this world why our church should be in lack. Now let's talk vision for a minute. Please don't get me wrong on this. Don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. I love this church. I thank God for this building. But it is inadequate. We have old saints. A few minutes ago, I'm with uh, Sister Brown. She's sitting out in the cold. You know why? Because our church is not designed for elderly people. They got to walk up concrete steps in the winter. And if they, if they are somehow disabled or handicapped, they have to go not on an elevator, but a lift into a dark sanctuary where... <laughs> Well, we got plaster falling down. Well, come on. We got, our church is not secure. Uh, Tammy is in the office and anybody can walk in at any time. She should, there should be a camera with somebody telling her who's coming in. We got, understand what I'm saying. I'm saying that where we are right now is not where God wants us to be. He's got more for us, but that more is not going to come based on what we can see. It's got to come from faith. I have never, I have never seen God do anything supernatural when you only do what you can afford. I've not seen him do it. If you are in need of a supernatural blessing, you better give a supernatural offering. You Come on in here. Y'all not, y'all not trying to hear me in here. Listen to me right now. If we were dead serious about this thing, and don't get me wrong here, we're going to celebrate Christmas. My family, we're going to go down to Dayton. I'm not against buying gifts, but I'm telling you right now, in our house, we've made up our mind, we're going to serve the Lord. And we will not buy our kids gifts before we have taken care of the things of God. I would rather go without doing Christmas and catch the sales after it's over, come on in here somebody, than try to make something happen during a holiday so I don't feel bad about myself when my God has kept me for 365 days of Christmas and I have not lacked. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about in here. Some of you thought that thing was going to fall apart this year, but how many know God held it together and it wasn't because of your check, it was because of your God. Is he not worthy of an offering that just simply says thank you? Mine is 365. That's that's mine. That's mine. I'm not telling you what to do. But you ought to get on your knees and talk to your God about what he's leading you to do. That's it. That's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. This between you and God. This is a thank you, Jesus. In in closing, Pastor Coatsum, on December 22nd, we are planning a praise and worship service. We have some testimonies. Y'all better hear me on this. I met with somebody today, Michelle, came into my office. First of all, I want to tell you this. You don't know people. Never judge a book by its cover. 
we do not know what people have been through. We sit in here with, in church with people and we think we know what kind, I'm telling you, there are some folk in this church that have been through some things. God has, and I'm amazed when they come in here and they hold themselves together. I mean, I'm sitting here talking to this one sister and you're going to hear from her. Oh, you're going to hear from her. We have a number of select testimonies that are going to be shared on that Sabbath. We're going to share a brief word, but it's going to be a praise service. Ellen White says, we do not do too little of praying. She says, but we, we don't have enough praise services. We're going to have a thank you Jesus service. We're going to praise him. And there are some testimonies. I'm telling you, you are going to be blown away when you have of miracles miracles that God has worked in people's lives. Sitting in this church, you are sitting next to people that should be in prison. But the Lord... Oh. People, people who are living in homes where they haven't paid a mortgage in three years. And they have not been put out of their house. I'm talking about my mother. After my mom's divorce, you know how things happen. I don't have to tell you all the business, but stuff happened. Anybody know what I'm talking about in here? And my mom, they've been threatening to take my mom's home for I don't know how long. It's been three years. You're not hearing me. It's been three years, and they've been threatening. Come on in here, somebody. But when, when, when the Lord, when God is for you, come on in here, somebody. When God is for you, this, this has nothing to do with, with, any, with, any, with any bank. or This is God. In a time where people are losing their houses in Ohio, Ohio, number one, with California, in the nation for foreclosures. Understand, there's some of you in here who know what I'm talking about. You ain't made a car payment. They should have came and took your car. You hiding that thing in the garage. Come on in here, somebody. They should have took your house. They, I mean, come on, y'all. But the Lord has kept you. Is he not worthy of an offering that's it? This ain't my tithe. You're going to get that. This is not my offering. You. This is an offering that says, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Second reason why I give. My wife and I need a miracle from God. We need a breakthrough from God. The second reason why I give is not just because God is good. I give because I want him to be good. Oh, yeah. When I see something coming down the line, I give in advance. I make an offensive strike. And oh, y'all gotta look. I was some folk. You know what I'm talking about. Some folk gotta learn this thing. Some, when you are facing financial difficulty, how many of y'all know some of y'all got supernatural debt? And you ain't gonna get out in this lifetime. The only way you're gonna get out is if God does something. So in order for God to do something, the Bible says that Jesus would only heal people according to their faith. The Bible says that there are some places he would not go, Brother Preston, because he says, the Bible says he did no miracle there because of their unbelief. I have learned if you want to trigger the supernatural blessing of God, sometimes you gotta you gotta take something out of your pocket that you don't you can't afford to do, and you say, Father, I don't know how you're gonna work it out. This is my gas money right here, but God, I'm gonna put my gas money in this plate because I need you to make a way out of no way. I trust you, I don't trust money. I'm so tired of us being poor. 
This is not the will of God. Do not sit around here and make it seem like God is destined Christians to walk in in, in poverty. And, And we're not even in poverty. We just don't know how to handle our money. Come on in here, somebody. We have not learned principles of sowing and reaping. God has, I mean, how are we going to finish God's work when all we're doing is tipping the work of God? Tipping God with tithe, tipping him with offering, but we make no sacrifice. I'm going to be honest with you. Me and my wife had gotten to a point in our giving where we were giving, it was what we could afford. I mean, come on, I'm being honest with you. Uh, the tithes and offering have become a bill. I could do it. Come on. It wasn't no sacrifice. I mean, I mean, then you look at the end of the year and you see how much you gave. Come on in here. Everybody <laughs> know what I'm talking about? And then you start feeling good about yourself. Oh, yeah, look at that. Man, you, you didn't flinch on 10%. Come on in here, somebody. Oh, you wasn't even tripping. And God says, you're going to learn how to grow your giving. See, some of you have been doing 10 plus 10 your whole life. Guess what? That's not faith. You're doing what you can afford supernatural things happen when you do to get what you've never got you've got to do what you've never done tell your friends tell the church kill the rumors this ain't we ain't saying give 365 so at the end of this thing we can say we raise all this come on in here I want this cloud to be removed from Glenville I want jobs to begin to open up for people Oh, y'all not talking to me in here. I want the prosperity gospel to come where it belongs. And that's what the remnant people of God. Why are we walking around here in lack? Why are people unemployed when we serve a risen Savior? Why are we walking, can't pay bills? Come on in here, man. Looking like we rich. Come on, y'all know how we know how to do it. I look better than I'm worth. Come on, can I get a witness in here? How many of y'all dress better than you can afford? Come on in, come on. Y'all better don't front on me tonight. How many know you look better than you can afford? Amen. So, somebody came in. I think it was my man over there. Got, got the little preppy look. Yeah, got my little sweater and, and my jeans. You know, come on. Tell, be honest, though. You broke as a joke. Tell the truth. You look like you should be on the cover of The Gap and on GQ. You should, Ethan Allen, I don't know what, come on in here somebody, but the truth of the matter is, the only reason why you look that way is because your God makes you look better than you can afford. Come on in here, y'all. So I want you to rethink this thing now. Don't dismiss it. Rethink this. This ain't for everybody. This ain't for everybody. These are for desperate folk who, number one, want their faith to be increased. Number two, these are for folk who want to say thank you in a different way. (laughs) And then number three, these are for folk who need a supernatural move of God. (laughs) I'm going to end by saying this and we're going to pray. Somebody called me this week. They said, Pastor, they're, they're a virtual member. They've been watching our services online, probably watching right now. They sent me an email. I said, Pastor, I have been unfaithful in tithes and offerings. I heard what you said about the 365 offering. And I was, I was convicted in my spirit. Called me all the way from the middle of the world, middle of the United States of America, Midwest, real Midwest, Kansas, Missouri, that area. I said, I was convicted in my spirit after what you said. I know that I had been robbing God and I had not been giving an offering that was in proportion to the way that the Lord has blessed me. This is a true story. True story. True story. She says, 
She says the next, she said that next day I tithed, tithed right here to Glenville online. She said prior to that, I had a major issue with my job. She says, and I had between law school and grad school, she says I had over $150,000 worth of, of, of student loan debt. And she says she declared to the Lord, sometimes you got to tell God what you want. Some of us don't think, we think in the natural too much. I'm, I've just begun to start telling God exactly what I want. I pray big prayers. God, take, take, take it away somehow. I'm, I need a miracle. Work it out. Do whatever you, take it. She says she prayed a bold prayer to God. Listen to me. This is no lie. The very next day, somebody called her and said, I'm going to give you $114,000 of the $150,000 for your student loans. She said to me, she said, look, I know that that miracle would not have come unless I took a move of faith to God and gave him a sap. See, you keep getting what you got because you keep doing what you've been doing. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I said. You're going to keep getting what you got until you break out of this rut of doing what you're doing and give unto God. I'm, I'm going to put my life on it. I declare tonight, because I know how God works, that if you will sow faithfully in your tithe and in your offering and give a thank offering to God, I guarantee you that he will open up the windows of heaven and pour. How can I guarantee that? Because the word of the Lord said so. He's talking with John Preston. We had a great time at lunch, didn't we? We had a great time. John Preston, myself, and Pastor Coxon learned so much about people. I love this man. Had a great time. Great sense of humor. Just great fellowship. And John was sharing with me. He said, you know, this transition from going from working to retirement has been a transition. Been tough. And he was talking about how the God has been good to him and God has provided. Understand this now. Sometimes we look around and folks think everybody rolling in, in, in the dough. Look, we all struggling in here. You're not the only one going through what you're going through. You're not the only one with, with the IRS coming after you with that, with, that, with, them, with that taxes that you didn't pay from three years. Come on. Listen, we, we, how many know what I'm talking about? Everybody got something. But I'm telling you, we can all get out if we learn how to. The greatest thing that we need as a people of God. We don't need more money. We need more faith. If we have more faith. God will, hmm, he will withhold no good thing from those that walk uprightly. Now, there's two things you can do to destroy. You can rob God. That's when you're just not faithful and tithing. You're robbing. You're stealing. You're stealing. And you will not, a thief will not be blessed. Now, here's the second thing. When you are not grateful, you don't get supernatural blessing. Last example. Y'all remember those 10 lepers that got healed by Jesus? The Bible says that nine of them from a distance said, thanks, thank you, Lord. And they went and showed themselves. The Bible says one came back to say what? Thank you. The one that came back, you know what Jesus said to him? He told the rest of them they were healed, but he told them, he said, not only are you healed, he said, but you are saved. He got the real, he got the real blessing. 
That's because he went out of his way to go and say thank you. If you're not going out of your way, if you're just doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. I don't know about you, but I need a, I need a hookup. Any, any, anybody here need a Holy Ghost hookup in here? Let's stand to our feet tonight. We're getting ready to go into prayer. Come to the altar tonight. Let's pray. We need to pray on some. Somebody need a job in here tonight. Somebody needs some student loans. Somebody needs to get, their, get a hold on their finance. Somebody needs to be healed from sickness in here tonight. Somebody marriage is jacked up. And you need God to make a way. Somebody's, somebody's family member is sick. Akil. I think of Akil right now. His mother, his mother has lupus. Struggling after the divorce. Single parent mother trying to raise them. Akil has come to me often. Praying for his mother. Said when he went home, his mother had looked like she had lost a considerable amount of weight. He is worried about his mother. We're going to pray for his mother tonight. Come on in here. For not only for her soul's salvation, but for the healing of her body. I got some other prayer requests in here tonight that we need to pray on. Uh, this young man says he wants funds for a mission trip. His name is Damien. Mari Maddox today took her GRE. She's trying to go back to grad school so she can do better by her family. We're praying that she will have passed her test. Would you say amen? So one person said, I'm in a, currently in a three-year relationship with serious intents of getting married. My girlfriend and I, as of late, have been going through some rough times mainly because of my bad decisions i need professional help i'm messed up inside i need the church to pray for me that i will become the man that god wants me to be we're gonna pray for this brother tonight he's left his name another one my boyfriend this young lady named abby said my boyfriend and i have been apart for almost a year now we haven't been talking nor seeing each other for really a long time. I miss him so much. I'm scared that we will not be able to find each other again. Please pray that God may shower both of us with his love and mercy in these trying times. I really hope that he and I will see each other and spend time together really soon. I'm begging God's divine intervention. Because of immigration issues, they are separated and they're praying that God would work it out. Would you say amen? Young man named Jonathan. He said, my name is Jonathan. I'm requesting prayer for myself and six others in my youth group. Listen, y'all, who have strayed from the path of Christ. I'm starting my journey back to God and I'm praying that they will choose the same. I'm not waiting for them, but I hope that you will pray with me that one day they will choose to do the right thing. And how many can get with, please, please pray that God will bless me financially to pay for my bills on time this month plus some extra money left over. Come on in here. (laughs) Oh, I feel her on this right here. So I don't have to use my credit card or do a loan. Please pray that I pass both my final exams so that I can continue. Can I get a witness in here? In my nursing program for next year. Please also pray for the rest of my nursing class so they can continue on to the next semester. Please pray also that God will heal my damaged emotions. In Jesus' name, amen. Also, many of you have heard one of our new members, Terry Rainey and his wife Ruth, lost their four-month-old baby in a house fire. We need to lift this family in prayer. I sat down with them yesterday in my 13 years of ministry. I have never sat in counsel with anybody with a situation that was more sad than this one. They're feeling guilt. There's all kinds of feelings. Bless your heart. The Lord has provided somebody in our church. It's amazing how God works. We contacted Eve Rudd because Eve Rudd has been through this. 
And Eve said, I will be more than glad to go and minister to them. The funeral is on Friday. This family is going through it. Please lift up the Rainey family. They lost their four-month-old baby in a house fire. And I'm asking that you will lift them up in prayer, that God would give them peace in the midst of the storm. Also, we want to lift up Antonio Richards, who lost his mother recently, and the family is reeling after her death. We're praying that God will sustain them. How many of you need a miracle from God tonight? How many of you? This is what we're going to do. I want you to just uh, get some room right where you are. Just, I mean, because you're about, we're about to get ready to call on God, and we're going to get out of here. That's what we're going to do tonight. By the grace of God. I'm going to mention things to pray for, and I want right where you stand to begin to cry out to God on these things. You know how we do it here in Glenville. We're going to hold nothing back. We are going to pray into the atmosphere for God to move. The first thing I want us to pray for tonight is for financial blessings. Ain't no shame in it. Let's just pray for it. Come on, say amen. Ain't no shame in it. <laughs> listen, I, listen, I'm not going to pray. Don't pray in his will. His will going to be done. Take that tag off of it. If, if it be your will, he, his will going to be done regardless. You don't have to say that. Whatever you need, you ask him for that. Right now, let's go. Right now, right where you stand. Let's just pray for financial blessings. Pray for the 365 offering. Pray for the finance of the church. Pray for your own finance. Some of you are in a bind right now. Cry out to God for a blessing. Cry out to him for more faithfulness and more trust in him. Open up the windows of heaven, God. Pour out a blessing, Father. Pour out a blessing, Lord, upon your people. Help us to trust you even with our money, God. Help us to trust you, Lord, that you'll take care of our bills. Help us to put you first and not ourselves. Help us to expect that you will make a way out of no way. Somebody here today is, hadn't paid their mortgage or their rent and they might be evicted or foreclosed. Pray for them right now that the Lord will give them time, that the Lord will work that situation out. There's a bill collector coming after somebody, going to garnish their wages. The IRS is coming after somebody. Student loans are coming after somebody. I want you to pray right now that God would help to provide for their needs right now. Somebody has gone through a divorce and they don't have, they're reeling. They don't, they don't know how to provide. Somebody lost a job. I want you to pray for employment right now. I had a number of individuals come to me and say, Pastor, I just can't find a job. I've got a felony and I need a job. And they say I'm unemployable. But how many know that there's nothing impossible with God? 